do, 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 do. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to the show. Before we get started, we got to give our sh- special shout out to this week's highlighted sponsor of the week. Highlighted sponsor of the week. week, 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 week. The World Rest, the World Thumb Wrestling Federation. WTF World Thumb Wrestling Federation. Nigga, I them. am the champion right you now. Are, you, you are realize? the champ. Dog, all those years of thumb wrestling, my little sister and my brother in the four year goddamn off. house. I it can't off, believe it. That's why man. you're the champ, bro. I didn't believe. I didn't even go yeah, down with hopes yeah. of winning. Listen, I know you were so humble underdog. about it. It was so under unexpected. You went in there. You knew you were an underdog. Yeah. You just did your best, and you hey, and you came out as a champion. Me and this thumb. Now we can pop bottles on the models. <laughs> just be me and Karen seasoning meat. Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> be no models. It'd be models on calendar and shit. But that's about it. Shout out to Miss Karen with the snacks. Shout out to Miss Karen with the snacks. Miss Karen has more than just snacks, man. Me and Miss Karen be sitting around making a menu for the streets. You don't know Karen's kitchen is gonna be popping out in a minute. Listen, I'm looking forward to it. Please bring it on. I keep trying to talk her into it, but she just she's like, the world's not ready, baby. I can It's about time, and I I know I keep preaching that, but you need to get some people these sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? You know where she needs to take those sandwiches? Where to? The WTF Friday the thirteenth. At Elevator Brewery Tap Room. March 13th, Friday the 13th, 2020. Elevator Third Street, down by Greyhound. I think it's on 4th Street. Is it on 4th Street? I think it's, yeah, it's on 4th Street. Is it? It's like one, one, one something 4th Street. 4th uh, Street, down by We're, Greyhound. Yeah, check, check the show notes for details. One block up from Greyhound Bus Station. It's a little further than that. It's about one and a half blocks down the street. From <laughs> it's a little bigger than that. It's that. No. It's between long. It's between that's like long how, and spring. I'm. I'm. Man, that's how I gauge. I'm from it, Columbus. You, you're right. You're right. It is maybe two and a half blocks down from the Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's it's right there. If you see the Greyhound station, you right in the area, man. You just keep going down. And you see a big sign. Pow! Elevators. That is a big night, Brewing also company. because that is the roast of Cal Doty. Cow Dowdy. Dude, you fucked it up again. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like he was from Nova Scotia. <laughs> what are you Dowdy. talking about? Shout out to Nova Scotia, bro. Man, Dowdy I'm telling you. Shout out to the 28. Shout out. Shout out to the 28. All right. So we got something coming up, don't we? We do. Next Saturday? Yeah. Is that part of the North American Comedy Brewery? Tour? Yes, it is. Wait, wait, is this next Saturday? What was the date? Next Saturday. The 7th. The 7th of March. Yeah, it's going down at uh what's the name of the venue? Uh I guess I'm I guess I'm the one that's that's supposed to have the venue. My bad. Uh that's why Jay never lets me do any of my own personal segments. It's going down at Indian Bear Winery. That's in Knox County, Ohio, baby. That sounds fancy as fuck. We're going to have a good time. Man, (laughs) a lot of people don't want to do shows out out in the the country because they think it's going to be like people in the country all over Ohio. I'm fucking headlining this bitch. I'm with you. That's a whole 45 minutes to an hour of just Jay smacking you. Not not physically. I mean, telling jokes for it, but it's gonna hurt your gut. You ever been in a room? You ever been in a room where you just like he just keeps punching me in the stomach? I'm trying to get up, go outside, get my breath, but he keeps getting me in my stomach. Yeah, that's 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 what's up. That's what's up, man. We're gonna have a fun show. Indian fucking, fucking fun show. We got Ian Miller on that show. We also have 
RJ Kramer. The big man. Can't forget RJ. Catch me on my farm, bitch. That is, that is Mr. RJ Kramer. Check out Glass Cannon Comedy if you ever in the need of any comedian. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jay, you were supposed to fill in and be like, bam, word, word filling. That was like a mad lib. And you totally didn't do your fucking job. So I just want to let you know, I forgive you. Bro, I, I'm a bad assistant pimp, bro. It's all right, baby. It's all right. I'm a bad assistant. I'm a bad assistant pimp, bro. Your pimp days are over, but we're gonna teach you how to be so, a pimp. Pay me my money. <laughs> well, I'm sure my people will be in cash. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Pop Row. I'm Jay Cox. I'm Gilly. And we uh, we about to have some fun. Thank you for coming back. If you, this is uh. You listened to us before. Everybody new, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. This is Evil Rio. This is one of our favorite songs ever. That's why we play it, and I love it. What? What? Thought you was running with the other one. I, I chose not to. How you gonna call an audible? How you just asking me? You said either or, bro. Y'all be always be doing me like that, man. How you spell Layla, nigga? You literally, you literally <laughs> said either or. L-A-I-L-A. You could have just put... Ali in there would have popped I, up. Well, I did over there, and then the internet started fucking with me. Don't you hate when internet's like that? Uh, I'm supposed to have fucking like 5G, so I'm not supposed to have these issues. I'm supposed to have like 25 megs at my house, and I don't. I have 15 on average. Thank you, AT&T. That's similar to what they did to us, because we're like so far from the pole that the guy came over here and was like, man, you know, you really shouldn't even be paying for this shit. But we're paying for this shit. Like, and when you call into the office, they don't even say anything about it. They're like, oh, uh, who told you that? Nah, you snitching. But that's like, so they, they said like our line wasn't getting, like they tested, they can test your line over the over the phone. Like they can run tests and see how fast you're speeding. And they was like, you're not, you're not getting the speed that you're supposed to. Um, we're going to send a technician out because we've been having problems. I'm like, our internet, like no one will be on our internet and we'll just have trouble. Like I'll, one computer will be on and it'll just take forever. I'm like, what is going on here? So we keep calling. And they were like, well, we're going to send a technician out. Technician is like, yeah, there's something wrong with your line outside. Then they sent the ground crew out, I guess. And nothing. I guess it was just a show of force. Everybody in your neighborhood has net gear. And they're, just, <laughs> <laughs> they're just vampiring off you of Wi-Fi, dog. All right. Well, uh, who we got in the studio today, Gilly? Man, the amazing... Eric Tate. <laughs> Hello, Pod Row. What's, what's going on? That's I'm, not an exaggeration. You were laughing like that was some uh, extra shit. This oh, no. He's definitely. Very heavy guy. Very, yeah. very glad to be here in, in the kitchen studio. This is really great. <laughs> I like it. Have you. Glad to have you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Eric Tate is a magician, um, an and award-winning magician. Award-winning. He was on Penn and Teller. Yeah. Yep. That's me. I've, yeah. I've won awards and been on national television and no one can really explain why <laughs> I, I can it, explain why should, uh, uh, dedication, grind, talent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but apart from all of that, no one can explain why. I mean, you yeah. deserve it. I mean, Thank honestly, you. like no, sitting there, so you're one of the people who I see doing well, uh, who like started around here and yeah. is like taking it other places. And I feel like that's something a lot of people can't do. Like they want to, do shows around here, but yeah. can you make it to the next level? That's what, who's launching to the next level. And you're one of the people who Thanks. are definitely reaching for the next level. I, uh, I 
had to do it in two cities prior to this. So I had like two like running starts at it. (laughs) I did, uh, I did a bunch of uh, stuff in Toronto and then I lived in Los Angeles for a while and uh, those didn't really work out. Well, I mean, Toronto worked out pretty well, but uh, then the Canadian government was like, Hey, your visa's expired. So you either need to like marry someone here or leave. And I was like, well, I think I'll, I'll go to Los Angeles where it's nice and sunny. <laughs> uh, so I, I worked all of, for a long time to, to make it look like I just sort of emerged from Columbus. Well, you made it look good. Thank you. You definitely made it look good. Um, so how long you been doing magic? Mm, I'd say, uh, I've been doing magic for what, 15 years or so. Uh, I got really, I've had like, I've had like on and off, been doing like on and off. Uh, for 15 years, but I got very serious about it uh, five years ago. My uh, my lady partner and I, uh, we had a we had a conversation one day, and she said, "You know, as a comedian, you're very funny, but you're just kind of another white guy. As a magician, you're something special. Maybe you should focus on magic for a while." And I did, and like within a year, I won a huge award, got a job with one of the best magic companies in the world, and uh, was on national television. So it was really her going, "You're funny, but like." maybe stick to the card tricks for a little bit. Listen, uh, man, sometimes that's a push you need. Sometimes yeah. having the right, the right partner can move you in the right direction. Yeah. Just having her like, look at what I was doing and say like, you know, this is all good, but you know, you're, you're going to, you're essentially what it was is I ended up competing in a much smaller market. Right. So being better in a much smaller market is, is a lot easier to, to go after with it. I mean, and I've talked to some comedians about this where they're like, well, I think I'm going to move to Los Angeles or New York. And, uh, and oh, yeah, I'll really, a bunch of them doing yeah. that soon. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, do you understand that when you go to Chicago and New York and Los Angeles that you compete against the best in the world? Like, have you ever thought about moving to like Indianapolis where there's three or four different comedy clubs and also nationally syndicated radio shows that will put you on all the time? It's, uh, I mean, you can sort of moneyball entertainment if you start to think about it, like as a strategy, but like yeah. it, just moving somewhere to like have that Hollywood story is, it, it seems to me like, yeah, there are some people who are really good at that or who can do that, but it's the odds are not in your favor. And I'd rather just play the odds. So I'd rather be really comfortable and successful, uh, without my name in lights, uh, rather than, uh, make a huge risk that right. is, it is super right. unlikely. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, I get that. It definitely, that makes a lot of sense. And it's yeah. one of those things like, um, people want, they think it's so first of all, people sleep on Columbus. Columbus has some of the funniest comedians. Like, I've, I've ever seen. Like, I've done comedy in two major markets, uh, like seriously for years. And I put, I put Columbus comedians up against anyone yeah, in Los Angeles or definitely. Toronto. Yeah. But the whole thing about it is a lot of it is also like when you move into a market like that, it's who, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely who, you know, like you can't just move out there green and just think that it, everything is going to happen for yeah. you. No, I, I definitely did that in Los Angeles and, and I left with my tail between my legs. Like it didn't work out and it's fine that it didn't work out. Right. I mean, I, I would approach Los Angeles now in a very different than I did back then. Uh, but you know, back then I was like, I'm king of the world. I'm going to go do it, you know, but I was like 22. So right. <laughs> it was like, I was an idiot. Everyone, everyone who's 22 is a moron. Pretty much. But I, I feel like sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to take a shot, why not LA? No. Yeah. It's, it's a lot nicer. I, I love LA. It's just, uh, it's a lot warmer. That's for certain. It is. Yeah. It is. I like visiting LA and I like working in LA. I just didn't like living in LA. I think that's the the big thing. The land moves and the earth is on fire all the time. Like <laughs> neither of those things are good situations. Right. I've been in two earthquakes and both of them. I just like, I almost shit myself. Yeah. Both uh, in California. Yeah. 
California is fun, but I feel like if I move to California, like I'm I, like, I want to be a part of LA. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. just live and survive in LA. Like I want to do LA. Yeah. How long were you in LA? I was in LA, but 10 years ago, a little over, a little over a decade ago. And I lived there for three years. Dang, that's three years. Yeah. That's a word of quakes. Yeah. Two earthquakes that I knew of where I was like awake and was like, this is, I remember I was working in a cell phone store and uh, they had an earthquake and the wall of accessories like started to like sway and shake. And I didn't realize it was an earthquake at first. I thought the the people at Jamba Juice were just like roughhousing against the wall. <laughs> Somebody cut that base down. Well, so what I, one of the things I will say about you is I don't, I, I really don't want to shy away from how funny you actually are. Like oh, you're one thanks. of, you're one of my favorite comedians and it's like, your take on it. That's the one thing I feel like comedy. I feel like a lot of times when people are around the same people all the time, their comedy starts to sound like each other. Like, yeah, like their bits or like their, like the tone or the way they attack things or something like that. Like it's always like the same, but like you're one of the people who like I can point to, like if I heard one of your jokes and you weren't standing there, I'm like, that sounds like irritate. Like you have a voice. I think that I was talking about somebody else, somebody, uh, somebody else about this with, uh, it was magic we were talking about, but it also applies to comedy is that at the end of the day, I think what I do and I think that what other successful people do is they talk about things that interest them. So like, I am not afraid to talk about like comic books or video games or Dr. Who for 20 minutes or something like that, or get really deep into like wordplay with, with like really messing around with like puns and, and, uh, even though I sort of ostensibly don't like puns on stage or whatever, but like really like messing around with language. Right. Uh, it, because it's, because language is something I'm passionate about. I like learning new things and then relating those facts. I have a, I have like a seven minute bit on uh, beavers because, <laughs> because one, because I got really obsessed with getting a photograph of a beaver. It took me years to get fo- a photograph of a beaver. Cause they're like, they're crazy difficult to, to like find like they're cause they're crepuscular. They're only like awake at like dawn and dusk. And even then they're like swimming and other people are like, Oh, I see them all the time. And I'm like, Nope, not me. I just like, <laughs> I, I went on a camping expedition. I was in the woods for six days near a beaver lodge and I never saw one. It took me years to actually get one. But I, because of all the things I learned about it, I was like, beavers are funny. I'm going to talk about beavers for seven minutes. And I'm, but I'm comfortable talking about that. Cause I think that it, I think what I was getting at was um, you can, you can be a comedian and, and be funny, but I think if you are, it's more important to be interesting than it is to be talented. I think so. Because if you, if you, and what you find interesting, you can relate to other people as something that's interesting. So if you, if you are just like taking your enthusiasm and putting it into whatever type of art you're producing, you're just going to be better and you'll have that sort of, signature voice or like, uh, like, like sound that people have. Right. And so, right. and for me, it's talking about animals and, and weird facts and stuff like that. So, well, speaking of things that yeah. are rarely seen, um, I went to London a couple of years ago and I saw the queen. Did you really? I, they, she came out of the, uh, the house and like during the changing of the guard, we went for the changing of the guard. It's amazing. And the queen like was leaving her and like Prince, uh, what's his name? They were leaving. And Prince like Philip, the old racist. Yeah. One. So after I, after that happened and like we took pictures of the queen, like people were telling us like they lived in London their entire lives and have never seen the queen like in person. Like they have That's never. Amazing. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, this was rare. I thought this was like, this is her house. You show up to her house. You probably just expect to see her. But it's a no. black fellow outside. A, a rather large chap. Let's go see him. <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. 
such a long time since I seen a black fellow. Yes, let's send the bobbies out to talk to him. I, uh, I am of the opinion that we never should have left the empire. Really? I think our television would be better. Our radio would be better. That's a hot take. If we had never left the British <laughs> empire, it would be much better. Have, I think, and I think our food would have been fine because we have that ocean their between food us. Sucks. Their food is terrible. Their food is horrible. Yeah. It's so bland. Their beer is awesome, but their food is terrible. Yes. I will agree with that. That's uh, definitely, we sur- we sub survived on, uh, what was it? McDonald's over there. Cause yeah. that's basically, basically what we had. Yeah. I'm just, hey, uh, yeah. When was the last time you ate at a Native American restaurant? You ever had some of that cuisine? Uh, I can't say that I have. You, nobody can because we didn't stay with the Brits. We didn't stay with the Brits. He's saying because white people left oh. <laughs> and took over America. I think I've had Native American cuisine when I was doing some shows in. Does eating at the Mexico? casino count? I don't know. It depends it on who owns depends. the casino. Who served you? It was in Oklahoma. What does that mean? Oh, Oklahoma's okay. I, so I don't know. I don't want to. I, mean, I just I, threw that shit out there. To yeah, tell it was you like one of those because things. Because I was being too damn quiet. Y'all over here just <laughs> kicking the goddamn can. I, let me just chime in real quick. I've eaten Peruvian food, Peruvian. both here and in Peru. That doesn't count. <laughs> 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 they're not Indians, they're Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're Peruvian. I, I, that's I was about that to correct works. myself. I, <laughs> I, I, I did have a world map in my room one time. One time. One time. Well, I have. I can't say that I've eaten a whole lot of places. I've drank more places than I've eaten. And I got to tell you, uh, Jamaica makes the best drinks. So I'm going to tell you, like there. I have a, when I Would was you a, have a Bahama Mama? A Jamaican rum that. Listen, down there, they make the drink strong. Like I had like, he made me something. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. He was like, yeah, it's not that bad. And I was like, oh, I was like stumbling like 10 minutes later. Like, Jesus, get me back to the bus. You're on vacation. You're supposed to get smashed like that. Yeah. A cruise ship is just an excuse to always be at the bar. I, I tell people like, if you don't have a lot of money to travel and. Cruise you, ships are. Cruise pretty- ships are like the way to go. Yeah. I'm going on a cruise in March with my family and uh, I don't think we're doing any of the excursions. I think my, I think we're going to hang out on the boat and maybe get off, walk around some shops and stuff like that, but we're not going to go four wheeling or scuba diving or anything like that. Well, the, the trick to excursions are to like book them there. Like don't book them through the ship, like just go. Oh, so okay. like, uh, I think for us to go jet skiing when we went a couple of years ago, I yeah. think it was like to go was like $120 a person. Yeah. I think when we got there, it was like 40 bucks for two of us. <laughs> Yeah, so like it's so much cheaper. You just cheaper. like showed up to like a dude with a jet ski, and you were like, "Can we ride around?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. bucks. yeah, all right, yeah, cool." I won't be jet skiing. Yeah, I'm. We're about to go on a cruise, actually. Uh, April. Yeah, in April. You, the two of you are. Yeah, it's the co- pod, the pod, the official <laughs> annual pod row cruise. It's for my wedding. We're Jesus going. It's going to put oh, me in his okay. for my wedding. So we're getting married in uh, Jamaica. So. Congratulations! Thank you. I didn't know you were getting married. Yes, it's one of those cool things. Uh, but yeah, we're going on a cruise. It's a destination wedding and it's going to be dope. It's a five day cruise. Destination weddings are great because then none of your friends have to show up. It's right, awesome. Right. You just go get married 
And then if people do show up, you know who you can hit up for money later on. Like that's the point of a destination wedding is to determine <laughs> the net worth of your friends. Gave you that envelope. I need to borrow like 20 of that, 20, 30 of that shit. Well, the cruise, like, so we look at it as like, if we were going to go get married and we were going to go get married anyway, we'd have probably like done something extravagant, like mm-hmm. just going to like Fiji or something like that and yeah. got married. And then just been like a couple people who actually went like the people who, cause you know, in your life, the people who are going to be there are going to be there. Yeah. They're going to make it happen. And we, we were like, well, let's do something to where like a lot more people can come. So like the cruise, we gave people like a year mm-hmm. and people don't, people think like cruises are like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's like, no, they're not. No, like not at all. Some of them are like the, yeah. like if you go to like an Alaskan cruise or like the cruises in the Pacific are pretty expensive just right. because they're like, you're on the boat for like 30 days or something right. like that. But the cruises in the, in the. The Caribbean are really, really affordable. Yeah, that's one of those things. So like, and then like it gets cheaper per person. Like, yeah. so if you have more people in your stateroom, it gets cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best ways. And like, like I try to tell people like, it's not super expensive. They mm-hmm. think it's super expensive, but like once you're on the ship, you don't have to spend any money unless you want to. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just all the food you can eat. And then if you get the drinks package, the, you know, you can get all, you get 15 drinks a day. Yeah, I'm it's getting like, a drink package. Yeah, get the drink package. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the drink package. I was on a cruise in Alaska. 15 drinks a day. Yeah, I was like, that. that is, I don't think I can drink 15 drinks a day. This is, <laughs> this is way too, like, why did you put a limit on it that high? We just call it unlimited. Right. It's because of a person like me got on the ship and was like, everything is free to drink. <laughs> and he just went overboard and then they had to put a limit on it. Because right. I think I could... There's a jail on the cruise ship, bro. I'm not yeah. going to jail. No, I'm just saying, like, I just for anybody who's thinking they're going to go out and drink their ass over the cruise ship, there is a jail. I, I've been to on Nassau, the I've, all all the little islands. I've been out there, man, and I have not went to jail thus far. And I don't plan on going. <laughs> that was Gilly right. knocking on wood. Podcast yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> very superstitious. I don't want to jinx myself. This be the one time, sir. So that's probably not how they're going to call me, but. I went on, on, <laughs> I went on an yes. Alaskan cruise a couple years ago, right. and uh, we were like, we're Alaskan. not going to get the drinks page package. What we're going to do is sneak the liquor onto the boat in shampoo bottles. So we bought shampoo bottles, and we rinsed them out really thoroughly, and then we put like vodka in one and whiskey in another, and then we like saran wrapped them up and then put them in plastic bags, and then we are like, oh, okay, they're never going to, they're just going to x-ray. Even if they open it up, they're just going to see shampoo bottles. They're not going to see liquor because you can't bring your own liquor on. And then we got on there and then there was a little note in our room that AAA, uh, who, because we had booked through AAA, had given us a drinks package. So we went to all of that effort for nothing. <laughs> and then we made one cocktail with the shampoo uh, vodka and it tasted like <laughs> vodka flavored shampoo. And Have so you ever just, seen super bad? It had the green beer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so bad. So y'all were like on spy world. Well, you know that they have bladders for that. So they have bladders, yeah. like like um like travel bags that you can pour liquor in and put them in your suitcase. Specifically to hide in shampoo yes. bottles. Well, no, specifically just to hide booze in okay. your luggage. So, so it's your one of those things. Don't taste like shampoo, right? It tastes like plastic. Oh. I'm a, I'm a great magician. I'm a bad smuggler. That's what, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> so who's your favorite? Who's your favorite magician? A uh, guy named Leonard Green. Really? He's Swedish. You can find video of him on YouTube. He's really dry, but he does card magic that will just blow your socks off. I remember seeing him on World's Greatest Magic in the 90s when I was a kid. And I was like, I want to do that. And now I do all of his work. He's amazing. I've met him once. Uh, it was really cool. Hey, man, I listen, I think I would like to learn just like a, a basic card trick just to 
just for party favors. You can go to penguinmagic.com, really? uh, my employer, the world's largest online retail magic shop. And Shout there's out all, to Penguin. all kinds of fantastic uh, digital downloads where you can learn a trick for like 10 bucks. It's really great. We even have some free ones on there. So, Well, listen, there's all my magic needs. So since we're plugging his sponsor, let's plug our sponsor. Uh, today's show is brought to you by uh, Coax Media. Uh, when If you're thinking about photography or video or anything like that uh, for your uh, business or personal needs, Think about Coke's media. I have used Coke's media. They are wonderful. Please use Coke's media. He actually has, and I appreciate it. It's dope as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, want to give a shout out to our other sponsor, 4G Contractors. If any electrical needs need to be taken care of in your house or home or business, just think 4G Contractors. They fix that shit. Is that like fourth generation contracting? Yeah, it's four <laughs> of us. Oh, there's four of you. There was four of us at the time, four boys. Or Gillies. Yep. <laughs> Look, Gillies are dope. Like, I'm trying to get Mama Gilly on here. And, like, I feel like that episode is going to be the best one ever. I didn't realize that there was more than one Gilly. Oh, yeah, there are. Oh, Gilly is a family name, not a first name. <laughs> you know my name is Gilligan, but. Yeah. Oh. How, you would figure it'd be relatively easy to pronounce, <laughs> but uh, fuck it up so much that I was like, you know what? I'll just call myself Gilly. Gilakian? Is that how you Gilakian? Am I pronouncing that? Gilligan. Gilligan? Slap the shit out of here. Gilio Gilo Kayayan. Hey, but they fuck up Gilly as well, man. I've been called Gilly all kinds of shit. Like, are you. You know what sucks Seriously? is being being called the wrong name when you're going off stage, when someone's introducing you or something like that. So, like, people don't know, like, my name is Jason, but I just go by Jay. And everybody, like, in comedy, I'm this Jay Cox. But some every now and then, somebody who only knows me from Facebook would be like, Jason Cox. I'm like, that's not my name, bro. That's, that's not what, not that's what my girl calls me and my grandma. You call me Jay. When she's mad. No, just in life. Oh. Just in life. Just in life. Just... You're just Jason. I'll start calling you Greg. <laughs> That'd be cooler than being called Jason when you go on stage because it like throws my vibe off. And I'm just like, ugh. A little disgusted a little bit. You know what I'm also disgusted with? The fact that Wilder got his ass beat. So this is this is the boxing that you're yes, talking yes, about. Yes. Wilder got his ass beat during Black History Month. <laughs> it kind of looked like the boy just gave up <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, he was looking, he didn't box. He didn't box at all. I, well, the whole night I was under the assumption that his ear that was cut was a busted eardrum. Oh, like he got hit in the head so that he couldn't stand up straight or like. Exactly. But I'm sitting here reading the news and uh, that's not the case. He was he just getting a, beat on. He just had a cut on his ear. I still, I'm still rooting for him. He'll be back. But I, I was rooting for him. But man. <laughs> was this some sort of a title fight? Did you? Yeah, it was definitely a title fight. Yeah. It was a rematch. They, yeah. they had a draw. a draw last time. Okay. Yeah, they had him draw like a draw. Fury it, took him apart, bro. Fury yeah. looked like he was just fucking. So they fought so boxing. much last time that they were like, "Let's have an art competition." They made them draw rounds. They had to draw a picture. <laughs> it was just anonymous picture, that, but yeah, they both had shitty pictures. Listen, but Fury like came in there like a man determined. He didn't. It didn't even like he tried that hard. It didn't even look like it was. It wasn't a hard fight. It was like Wilder just just gave it in. Just it was the same fight. As the first one, because Tyson was doing the same shit, and but he ate a couple and touched that canvas, and so those points 
ended up being a draw. And so they did that shit again. And that shit wasn't even contest. No, it wasn't. It was a one-sided ass whooping. I was like, throw the towel in in the fourth. Like I was like, throw the towel in in the third. Really? Man, that dude just getting, he wasn't even punching back. He, look at his he was, ankles. He was looking, he was looking his for the haymaker. tight, dog. He had them damn tree trunks stuck in the canvas and your boy Tyson was bobbing and weaving. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, he, yeah. Fucking Fury was just. He acted like that fool owed him some money and told him, fuck himself and your mama and I'll see you in the ring. He came out there to fight. But it didn't look like uh, Wilder did. I think he might be comfortable. He was like, yeah, 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 I got the money. I don't need that shit because before he said he was fighting for his daughter. You got some bread, man. Your daughter's well. You stop getting punched in the fucking head like that. I mean, but that's the, not going to last very long. He's not going to keep coming back, getting hit in the head. He's going to be like old boxers and just punch drunk. The nature of the sport is the best has to fight the best. And it's one of those things like he wasn't the best last night. Wilder got his ass whipped. And it's one of those things like he'll be back. And like, I feel like the way they handled it at the end of it, they both like paid respect to the other one and didn't try to take anything away from him. Like even Fury was like, yeah, he's a champion. He'll be back. He's a warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, um, so it was uh, like a respectful ass it was, whooping. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was one of those things, like, it was boxing. It was mm-hmm. boxing. It was a one-sided ass whooping regardless of how yeah, you look at it. Yeah, it seemed like one-sided respect <laughs> as well till the end after. But there was, like, I, I, I like the way, like, even even though dude took the title from him, he didn't disrespect him and talk all wild, nothing like that. He just, like, yeah, we just, it was a good fight. Well, he didn't say it was a good fight because it wasn't a good fight. He was like, but it was a, it was a battle. And, uh, you know. Yeah, he couldn't say, yeah, man, I just threw that fight. Because it was basically like that fool had pockets in his uh, trunks because he didn't throw shit. He just sat there in a little fetal position. And I paid some dough for that fucking fight. I was kind of upset, man. I I, I could have lived without that fight. So do you watch it on pay-per-view? <laughs> yep, yeah. How yeah. much does a fight, does it cost to watch one of those fights? Because I've never done that. The only time I've ever watched boxing was when it was on in a bar. You got to talk to my accountant. Okay. It's $89. $89. For some bullshit. Wow. What happens if the if the round only la- What if it's like a w- knockout in like one round? Do they refund like you Mike the money? Mike Tyson? Yeah, it's over. For it. Yeah, you paid. And it's show's over. They cut that motherfucker off just like every wow. time. Yeah, so I think sucks. I'm in the wrong business. I need to own a pay-per-view <laughs> station. You can be a promoter and build fights. Yeah, you'd be like, oh man. You could or you could you could Tyson build like- Wilder or Fury Wilder three is gonna be amazing. You could build magic fights. Like magic fights. Yeah. Where people come out and just battle each other with tricks. Like they just, each person gets a trick. And then when it goes poorly, you hit them with the trick. <laughs> you get to smack them with like a board or something like that. That shit don't sound fun. So <laughs> the, only, the, the only boxing knowledge I have also intersects with magic. Muhammad Ali was a magician. Really? Muhammad Ali was a magician. At, Black history month. Yeah. Now you see me, now you don't. <laughs> but he also converted to Islam. And one of the tenets of Islam is that you cannot lie. And the way that Muhammad Ali interpreted magic was as lying. So he would show people a trick and then immediately explain how it worked so that he wasn't violating his religion. So he would be like, here's this card trick. Ta-da, I found your card. And they'd be like, oh my God, that's great. Because Muhammad Ali was like actually a pretty good magician. And then he would go, all right, here's how this works. And then he would meticulously explain the trick so that he would not be violating his religious tenets in his, in his view. Really, man, yeah. that is, listen, listen. What if that was just the excuse and like all Muhammad's friends were like, really, again, you're doing the same fucking card <laughs> trick and you're going to explain it afterwards? Oh, man, get the, he's like, you know what? 
can't I can't just stop doing magic. Well, that's one of the things like when you learn more about somebody, like you learn intricate details. Like I never would have assumed that. Yeah, I Muhammad Ali that was either. a. They kept that shit hush hush. It was only <laughs> common knowledge and. The magician world. But that's the thing. Like, a lot of people who are talented and well-known for one thing, they, mm-hmm. uh, like, often they, like, do multiple things. Like, it's not just that that they do. It's just that that they're known for. Like, stupid, like, it's stupid party tricks. Like, eh. like uh, Gilly is really well-known for comedy, but what people don't know is he's also a fantastic oil painter. Paints a canvas, oil canvas paint. I mean, it, we're in the studio right now, and I can see this beautiful oil painting on the wall. I mean, Gilly. I mean, it's, they said I was a reincarnation of Bob Ross, but you know, that's just what they say out in the streets. <laughs> I mean, it. I love the ruffles around the neck that you did really nice there, and the frame that you've got it in is you carve that I, yourself. I, I, I carved that myself. One piece of wood, man. Yeah, one piece of wood, I and and it's wasted not a whole tree on that one. Frank. The painting that we're looking at for you podcast listeners is six feet tall and three feet wide. So he really did a nice <laughs> job carving it out of the whole frame out of one tree. I, I am as good as they say I am. Yeah. And leaving the raw edge at the bottom and the top. Oh, it's just beautiful. Gilly. You saw it. You saw it. Yeah. <laughs> to see that. Majestic. Yeah, man. I was thinking, you know. Okay. So you're a comedian and a magician. Um, yes. What is a talent that you are? good at outside of that like what's something that you're proficient in outside of um taxes i think photography (laughs) i do i i take some photos i've seen some of your work i do wildlife photography i just i don't like taking photos of people i like just sitting in a bush (laughs) i like sitting in a bush and waiting for an animal to come by like i would do your headshots but i would have to be in a bush and you would have to like (laughs) walk by and not be aware i was there uh i i like photography that's the i think that's what i do to take the the edge off a little bit. I think we talked about photography once. You're a Nikon shooter, right? No, I'm Canon. Really? Yeah. Canon's where it's at, bro. That's where I'm at. I'll, I'm Canon shooter the whole way. I uh, I rock a Canon 7D Mark One, and then I hang a Tamron 150 to 600 lens off that. When I'm tr- That's a big lens, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's it's with a crop factor, it's 900 effective millimeters. It's, and I mount that on a Surui, uh carbon fiber monopod but when i'm traveling i've got the canon 24 to 104 for the uh, listeners that are just uh tuned in right now uh i know it sounds like we're at micro center but they're actually talking yeah. conversation is crazy those are the, those are the two that i hang around with because that kit that kit lens like a lot of people like ignore it they're like oh this is what came with the 5d or the mark one kit but it's actually like a kick-ass lens i've taken that thing to three different continents now. Yeah. Unless you're shooting at uh, low light, then you need, it's not, you, oh, if you're, no, if you're not it, shooting yeah. in low light, you don't need anything that fast. Yeah. No, no, no. So wildlife, that's pretty much outdoor. You yeah. Got all the light. Yep. So. so I am a cannon shooter. I uh, just recently purchased the EOS R. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I miss my buttons. Yeah. Like it doesn't Wait, have all the buttons. Is EOS R the, the new mirrorless. The mirrorless. Doing? So I have the five D Mark four and that's my workhorse. Gotcha. That thing is a beast and it has yeah. all my buttons and things yeah. like that. But like, I feel like the the yeah. the screen that tilts on the ESR, yeah. uh, ESR mm-hmm. like the articulating, it allows me to take shots that I wouldn't be able to get. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Cause you're a big dude. And if right. you want to like get down to like other people's level. You right. Can. So I shoot uh, in, in my work for Penguin uh, with video, we shoot on the Sony 
uh, a seven sixty three hundreds. Good camera, which are awesome because they can see in the dark. Right. Uh, yes. We film at a sixty five hundred. Oh man, we film in the uh, in these bars all the time, and you just crank the ISO on the thing, and you, I'm constantly shocked at how clean it is. Yeah, it's. It, I, yeah. Every time I'm getting that ISO up there, I'm like, I'm using because I'm a Canon. As soon as I go above a thousand, it's just like noisy as shit. But yeah, sorry, Gilly. Uh, I can I can get above thirty two hundred with the five D Mark IV relatively that's, easy. That's awesome. Man, I could get like 6,400. <laughs> 6,400, you're going to see some fragments. <laughs> you're gonna, you're Worry gonna. about all them fragments, man. That's extra. <laughs> uh, yeah, photography is the, the thing that, uh, the other thing I'm good at is woodworking. Oh, uh, really? I Like uh, Nick Nick Offerman? Is that? Not that fine. But he's dope. He is really good. Uh, he's got a book. I know. I want to get him on the podcast. Like, Gilly, see if we can get Nick Offerman on the podcast yeah. with our 28 listeners. Shout out to the 28. 28. Uh, no, I, so I've, uh, I'm, I've remodeled a number of homes. My dad and remodeling my house with my partner right now. We just finished, uh, putting in built in floor to ceiling, uh, bookshelves and cabinets in my office and crown molding and baseboard and all that stuff. So yeah, so woodworking is the other surprising one that people don't really think about, but I get in there, I build it. So I can build some stuff. Um, I'm really not much. I'm so I just built a a cabinet system for my mud room for everybody to hang their coats up and yeah. somewhere to put their shoes at cubby holes and stuff like that. I just built it. And it was like, I just went into like home Depot with a, with a rough drawing. Like it looked like a fourth. It was basically in crayon. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I want to make. And it was like, okay. So 18 <laughs> trips later in about six months, it was completed yeah. and it looks usable. Nice. <laughs> I'm pretty much the only person that uses it now, but Hey, man, if you build it, you appreciate it. I do. If I you, love it. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Or they'll, or they'll mock you. It sounds like they're mocking you. They don't even come in that <laughs> way into the house anymore. Like, I'll go through the front door. No, we just got a lot of stuff to hang up. And I feel like it. So my main thing was like book bags. I wanted book bags to be able to be hung. Mm-hmm. And because my kid has been known to take weights to school. Weights. Weights in his book bag. Like, oh, like, like lifting weights. Yeah. Like and tried to lift it, like lift his book bag, like when he's like, oh, so he can like work, work out? out at school. Yeah, he's that guy. How old is he? Sixteen. Okay, just turned sixteen. That's he's really into that. I thought you were talking about Xavier. I was like, what? <laughs> nah, Xavier, not yet. He will be there. He does pushups though. Well, uh, doesn't Kyler know that they have weights at the school? I don't think they do. It's not prison. The fuck are you talking? He's in. Are you talking about the high school school weight room? Yeah, but then that's only open like a couple times. That might be open at the end of the day or like for football and basketball or something. Yeah, he can't be lifting weights in the middle of math class in there. They don't. They don't teach algebra. He's got to get his swole on. If there's a will, his will is to put weights in his book bag and then hang them up on the shelf at home. It sounds like he's going to the service. No, I doubt it. He's just like you know what. I might as well. Well, he wants to be the strongest man in the world. That's his. That's his goal. He wants to be the strongest man. He wants to be on Game of Thrones too. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like he wants to it's just it's, he's just really into it he's just really into being strong and muscles and stuff like that and it like there's worse things he could be into and I'm yeah, like I'm, I'm down definitely down for it by the way speaking That's of dedication. Xavier Xavier said that 4G contractors needs to come over and take a look at his remote control car hey man he need to stop wrecking that shit <laughs> I talk, <laughs> driving in the gutters and stuff yeah <laughs> he needs it rewired all right, when so I was a, when I was a kid, I took apart my remote control car because I was convinced that I was going to be able to build a battle bot for battle bots. <laughs> Instead, all I did was break the remote control car. 
that's like one of the coolest things is like you want like BattleBots was cool. Like you could see like a, a toaster, like mm-hmm. kill a lawnmower. Like that was like, where else could you see that? Nowhere. Right. That was one of the things. And it was like one of those things that get people interested in scientists and mm-hmm. like mechanics and things like that. Like you can build some really cool shit if you just try. Like I feel like that's one of the dopest things this country can do is like build shit. That's one. That's one thing. Like a, you can buy a 3D printer for a hundred bucks and then print all kinds of stuff. You don't even need to know how to print. You don't even need to know how to design stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. It's just like people throw designs online for free all the time. Do you have a 3D printer? Uh, yes, it is currently awaiting some new parts. So what have you built with it? Uh, I have put together some like chip clips for a bag, like a, for like bags of chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made uh, some handles for some drawers. I built some small boxes with it. Okay. Uh, Handy man. What else have I done with it? How come you couldn't build the parts that you needed to fix the goddamn? Because <laughs> uh, it, it needs a new uh, extruder head. I understand. Yeah. Once it's broke, you can't use yeah. it to make the yeah, parts. You, yeah, if it's broke, it can't repair itself. But there is a 3D printer that can print other 3D printers, and they don't know exactly how many <laughs> copies of it there are. Because that sounds like the Terminator. Them. Yeah, it definitely sounds like they can. It's a 3D printer yeah. that just makes Get the numbers they need printers. whenever. Yeah. Technology is crazy, man. Like, yeah. you just. Like I think about the simple fact that I have a smartphone in my hand that I can make. You have a supercomputer in your hand. Basically, basically a fucking super. The the phone we have now, I have the uh, 11 Pro mm-hmm. Max, and this phone was better than the computer that put a man in space. Yeah. Back in the day, like they would have loved to have had this computer. Do not tell. Uh Buzz Aldrin that because he will get mad at you when you bring that up. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast where someone handed him one of those singing birthday cards and, he, and they were like, Hey, do you know that this, this thing has more computing power in it? This singing thing has more computer power in it than the, the lunar lander. And he was like, can you land on the moon with this? And he <laughs> threw it down. And I was like that. Oh man. He gets so mad when you point out how little computers he had. Back then. Right. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. I mean, it was just what they had. At but the they time. got it done though. That's the yeah. thing. Like the sheer balls of it. So you try to go into space and then do in it a, in a tin can. Right. Elon Musk has a really great quote that I really like. Um, even though Elon Musk is a crazy human, uh, that, but uh, he's, he's, he's a super villain. We deserve. Yes, he is the super villain. We deserve, but he says, uh, I want to die on Mars, just not on impact. I'm with you. So land. And then he wants to like land and like live on Mars and like die of old age there. Just not like, it'll take a long time to get there. But they've yep. built the rockets; they can reland, so they can reuse them. They got to fill them with fuel, so they got to they got to build a refueling station on Mars, so they can get back. I don't think I think the first couple trips are just you're here for the. You're this for is the long it. Haul. This, this is it. There's a a station in Antarctica where they have people living completely cut off from the rest of the world to see how they will last psychologically in a spaceship on the way to Mars. Yeah, and once they get to Mars, they're going to be. Yeah. Well, isolation isolated. isn't good for human beings. We are social creatures. And yeah. like it's like when we talk about metaphysical needs, like you need other humans, you need contact and stuff like that. Like you. I yeah. Need, I need you to hold me. Yeah. Yeah. Just once. Yeah. Just cuddle for a little bit. But you got to be Brad Pitt around here to get a cuddle. <laughs> you, yeah, definitely. So, Gilly, what are you good at secretly that we don't know about? Everything, dog. <laughs> Ask my mama, man. I'm good at everything. 
Because everybody wanted to do shit around me but didn't want to say nothing. They tried to sneak it and I just pick it up. You see my painting? I have no training. I just <laughs> did that shit as a baby. <laughs> I was just always good with it. Jay, what are you secretly good at? Uh, I am secretly good at spotting weaknesses and securities. For our podcast listeners, Jay is looking at Gilly very intently. Like I'm just like no, I'm just I'm, I'm I I spot weaknesses. And motherfuckers messing with my computer, man. Probably, probably you spot weaknesses. Like in human beings, I'm, oh, in I'm, human I'm, beings, so not I'm, not like in like structural, like not like in bridges. No, so like I, I like I, I'm a student of stu of uh, I'm a student of human nature. Mm. So let me teach you a trick. This is a trick that you can use, and it's like I promise you, this will work. If you want to get a drink at a restaurant, mm -hmm. like a fast food restaurant, but you don't want to pay for it, order your food and be very nice to the person behind the counter. Then, right before your food comes out, say, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to order a drink. Mm. Nine times out of ten, they'll just give you a cup. This only works at a fast food restaurant, because if I tried that at, like, a Bennigan's, Shit only works would, if you're six six and a big ass black dude like Jay Copes. No. He's always dropping knowledge that only works for him. People are more willing to do things for you if you're nice to them. I, I don't. Believe that. I don't really uh, worry about the drinks. I'll pay for that fucking drink. I ain't trying to scam a, McDonald's I'm, I'm for a drink. To, I'm just saying it's a it's a it's a psychological oh. trip. He's Speaking like, of scamming McDonald's, he saw that the McDonald's, McDonald's lady was weakening. I see a weak Bro, motherfucker. Bro, it's a psychological thing. Drink maker. Because people, like, first of all, most people who come in contact with, I a, see a, with weak a fast food worker a tech. treat them poorly. Yes, they do. So you see what I'm saying? If you add value to them by treating them like a human being, most of the time they'll repay your kindness with kindness. In well, how? I, I mean, most of the time I just Florida, people treat people nice anyway. Not just because I want a drink. In Florida, sometimes people throw alligators through the fast food windows. So I would, I would definitely give someone <laughs> a free Coke for not wow. throwing an alligator. I mean, if I me. just had an alligator laying around when I got pissed off, I might throw an alligator through the window. All right, I'm gonna give you another one since you want to be such a hard ass. All right, so you listen, were driving me last listen, week. Listen, so. if you want to return something that may or may not be questionable or within the 30 days that it's supposed to be returned, or something that they might not let you return. Go return it to the person who looks like they hate their job. Mm. That's the person you go for. Not the person who loves to do their job and looks like they do everything by the book. Go for the person who looks like they hate their job. And the first analogy was just perfect. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm a student of human nature. I see how people work. Stop explaining every time I give you a hard time. Though. Here's another thing. Rich people don't count their change. Well, they, No, we don't. You know why? Because they say if you know what you got, yeah, you must not have much. All right. Well, whatever. Guys, right. this has been fun, but I have to go now. All right. So let's, uh, before you go, let's go ahead and plug some shit for you. Let's, okay. Where can the people find you? Uh, so you can find, you can catch me on the quiz box. Uh, if you go to quizboxcast.com, you can listen to, uh, it's a panel trivia show that I run with Nikki Winkleman. Uh, we're on iTunes. It's also a podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Google play. Uh, you can listen to me on the Penguin Magic podcast where I interview some of the, the world's greatest magicians uh, and in like a quick format. We have some really great interviews coming up. We just had uh, Lynetta Welch uh, was just on uh, next week. Kayla Morelli, he's a, a consultant behind Dynamo and a number of other people. Uh, and in later on in April, we're going to have Lance Burton on the show. That's, okay. So that's going to be really awesome. Other than that, uh, you can just... Uh, I'm going to be in July. We're still working on dates in July. I'm going to be in Chicago at the Chicago Magic Lounge. In August, I'm going to be in Utah, in Salt Lake City at the Mystique Dining Theater. 
And in September, I'm going to be in Folsom, California at the Mystic Dining Theater. I think those are right. I'm not quite sure, but you can go to Mystic Dining Theater and the Chicago Magic Lounge websites to find out exactly when I'm going to be there, as well as a bunch of other magicians. So This guy's good, because I was about to say, well, what, what happens if I can't remember the dates? Where could I... And then he was right on it, man. That yep. guy's good. And in uh, May, I'll be at FISM North America in uh, in Quebec, uh, trying to qualify for the World Championships of Magic. Word. Well, I definitely appreciate you stopping by and uh, teaching us some stuff, especially the Ali. Knowledge. Yeah, that was a Black History moment, and I appreciate it coming from You're you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely have you back. I'd love to have you if you'd like to stop back by the kitchen I'd, studios. I'd be happy to stop back by the kitchen studios. Yeah, and shout out to Lincoln Winkleman, by the way. Yeah, she is yeah, great. She's the fucking dopest. She's tore me off. Once, like she's like not mm-hmm. to be fucked with. Like no, <laughs> like not at all. But she's funny as fuck. But she's extremely funny, and do ne- never mess with her. Yeah, never mess with her. Man, well, she's nice until yeah, until she's not. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, thanks. <sighs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the show where I... This is the new portion of the show. Yeah, where I uh, gave you an album to listen to for the week. Uh, Something that I really feel strongly about, like albums that I love. I feel like I love music, and I feel like I want to share it with the world. If you have any music suggestions that you would like to send into the show, you can go ahead and email us right now at thepodroll at gmail.com, and uh, we'll take a look at it, and I'll listen to an album if if it's recommended by the right person. So this week's album is OK Computer by Radiohead. OK, took them back. Yes, yes, man. I listened. I woke up listening to the album like I listened to the whole thing this morning and it was fucking terrific. It's like one of the greatest albums in the world to me. And I feel like my life is better because I've listened to it. Well, the way you worded that, it's it's a great album. I don't think it's one of your best. It's one of my favorite albums of all time, bro. It's a, it's a top. A top. That, that's your very favorite album? No, not my very favorite no, album. No, that's what I was saying. It's up there. Well, that's one of those things. Like I, I, like I tell people, like I don't have like I don't have like a just a top. Like I don't have a greatest person. I have a, a level. There's certain people who are on the level of like al- dope ass albums. Like Equimini, Outcast Equimini is a dope ass album. So many albums you forget about until you hear them again, and you be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is a banger. This is it. Well, I went back to this this morning, and OK Computer was a fire fucking album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice album. The Radiohead released it in uh, 1997, and even though it wasn't critically acclaimed early, it went on to have a life after that, and many fans have found a great love for it decades after the album has been released. 1997. The fuck were you doing in 97? <sighs> fucking my life up. <laughs> Going through it. You know, uh, we talked about it a couple times, more than more than several times. To be a man, you have to walk through that fire, and it's an illusion, but nobody fucking tells you that. And so, yeah, I was just doing, standing on the outside of the fire, just being warm. I think 97, I was 14 years old. Mm, shit, I had a... Uh... I was still in cars. I was still in cars when I was 14 years old, because I got some bad advice from a relative was like, if you want to learn how to drive a car, you should steal one. And I'm like, as a 14-year-old boy, I'm like, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. I had kids in 97, man. Did you? <sighs> Going through it, did you hear me? <laughs> man, I was I young. I was getting no ass at 14, bro. I got no ass at 14. Like, I, was, I tried. 
I was getting no oh, ass, bro. Y'all try. It's, when it's your time, it's your time, man. <laughs> That's like uh, grandkids. You don't have any control of it. And, and the booty, you have minimal control over that. You just got to be at the right place at the right time with the right words. Sometimes. How many grandkids do you have now? I have three grandkids. By the same kid, right? Mm-hmm. Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris. <laughs> Going through it, you That's hear me? That's my guy, bro. Man, I love that dude. Yeah, death. man. He is so much like me. It is fucking ridiculous. He just picked up all the all the shit he spoke was supposed to pick up. But he's talented, man. He if he would just set his mind, taking care of his business, man, he could be anything he wanted to be. It's the thing about potential, bro. It like just because you got it, don't mean it. Yeah, keep. Pussyfooting around the, the fire entrance. You just need to walk through it, man. Yeah, but the thing about it is here's something about life. Like you don't like you don't have to get it right early. As long as you can't you're still in the game, you can still try. Some people like find success later on in life. A lot of people find success in their thirties and forties. I didn't, I didn't grow up till I was like thirty two. Yeah, bro. I was not I was not a grown man until I was like thirty. Might have been a little like bit 32. older than that. Yeah, somewhere around like thirty one, thirty two is like when I grew the fuck up when I was like, Oh, this shit's on me. When I started realizing what the fuck was going on with my time, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm not a little kid anymore. I right. got little kids. I'm supposed to be acting a certain kind of way. And I, it's not like uh, people didn't tell me that a long time ago, but there's everybody's got their time, man. And you decide when I'm just going to go on and bite the bullet and take care of my business. Because it's not like somebody didn't tell me the easy route. I man, I went all the way around the block. Yeah, you had to learn for yourself. And that's just like life. That's just part of it. That's all it is. Everybody has their own journey. Just because I went through it doesn't mean he has to go through it, but he's going through it because that's his journey. Well, I, got, I can definitely say the person that I am and the life that I have now, I only have because I went through all that bullshit. Like that's. Who would you be if you didn't go through all that bullshit? Mr. Rogers. Shit, you might be dead, fool. What you, you ain't going to be no Mr. <laughs> Rogers. I know that goddamn much. Not in this life. Maybe next life. Hey, but that's one thing I'm, I'm happy to be. Like, the fact that I'm here, man. Like, so, me and Tia have a discussion when we talk about, like, PST, PS, uh, PSD and, like, children, like, who, like, live in the hood and stuff like that. Like, the simple fact that they get so used to, like, burying friends and loved ones. Like, the, the level of, like, how every, like, person in the hood has just been touched by violence in one way or another. Right. Either you're somebody you know has been killed or somebody you know killed somebody and it's just a whole thing. Like it's just like that scars people. And that's that they're walking around damaged people. Like as a kid, like I remember like the first major death in my life was like uh my cousin Gaddafi. He got killed for his dog when he when I was twelve years old. Right. Around the corner from my house. He got killed because somebody wanted his dog. He had just had a fucking daughter. How how old was the dog? The dog was like maybe like one. Oh, a little puppy. Because I was wondering is if my dog just let some motherfucker do something to me, that's a cur-ass dog. But if it's one, then it's still a puppy. It's still a baby. But the simple fact is like you killed my cousin over a goddamn dog. A fucking dog. But I'm 12. I'm 12 and I'm growing up with this. Like, I, like I'm walking around. Yeah. Like I just put my cousin in the ground. Like and that is something that carried, like I carried with me. And it's like one of those things was like, but to us in the hood, like it's just normal. And it's, that's, it's not normal, death but it's is normal. Well, death is normal. Violent death. Violent is not death nothing you should ever become comfortable with. Yeah. Well, man, it's, uh, 
it's 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 just crazy because when you're not in the moment and you're standing outside on the sideline, you have all the fucking answers. But when you're in the game right. and the shit is happening around you, I've just, I've just been blessed. I've just been blessed, man. Well, like he, like Eric Tate was talking about earlier in the show, like he was like his partner pushed him to lean magic over comedy. Yeah. And all those amazing things start to happen with him. Sometimes that's, you have somebody. That's Eric Tate's life plan, man. Right. He was at the right place at the right time. All our lives but are already written. He was prepared to be there. Like he, he said. was prepared. Yeah. yeah. He didn't give himself enough credit because that's what it's about. Yeah. You can be sitting around wishing you had the shot, but when you get the shot, are you fucking ready for this shit? But you got to also think like in life, some people don't get the shot, bro. Some people don't get the shot. Some people get multiple shots and fuck them all up, but some people don't get the shot. Hey, man. But then you, you got to play like the that. cards that you're dealt, the right. cards in your, right in front of you. And it doesn't matter. We don't, some people don't ever get the shot. But that's why I say, like, for me, like the whole play the cards you're dealt. Here's the thing about playing the cards you're dealt. The cards you're dealt, the cards you're holding right now might be shitty. But if you keep playing the game, eventually the deck reshuffles. Hopefully. Hopefully the deck reshuffles for you. But there's some people who are just going through it and their life has just been pain and sorrow and shit like that. And it just is what it is. Like some people, like you, I think, like how lucky we are to travel. Like me and you have both traveled and gone places and things like that. Like think about, like there's people you know and I know who have never left their city, bro. Shit, never left the uh, the little neighborhood, and are happy with it. No fucking problem. No problem. But those man, God has a plan, dude. And some people can't go anywhere because they need to be right there for when you come by there that stepping stone that just tells you you know what don't go to the store go on to the crib yeah just those little slow ups and speed ups dog it's about timing well then I also think like somebody everybody's not meant to make it and I feel like that's one of those things like where people talk about like having a society where it's fair and things like that like even if you made things fair some people are still gonna like Sit on the starting line. There's always going to be advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, always. The thing is, be the best you that you can possibly be. It's not about all that other shit. So-and-so got, they got 18 houses and they flying jets and I'm sitting over here eating off the fucking value meal. That's that's what you got to go through sometimes. There was times where I was eating off the value bill, man. But there's certain times, like, I look at it, like, now, like, level of success. J. Cole has a song called Love Yours. There's always going to be a house that's bigger than yours. There's always going to be a chick that's better than yours. There's always going to be a car that's newer than yours. The it trick depends is, like, on love who you're asking. Love yours. Like, it's not like we have a car. Like, just, that's a, I'm just thankful for that. Yeah, I'm thankful. Because there was times I didn't, I didn't have, have a, car. a car. You see what I'm saying? And there are people who, like, have never had a car. There's people who don't have driver's license. Well, Eric was talking about his girlfriend, Swayda. Karen came into my life at the exact moment when she needed to because I I I, I just it, there was a road that I needed to cross and I couldn't have crossed it without Karen. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the way I think about it. And like, you know, I give Tia a lot of props on the show and it's like literally like she came into my life and helped push me in a direction to win. And I've I've done a lot of winning. Like I've not necessarily gotten the wins that I wanted, but I've moved in a positive direction to where I can look back at my life and be like, this is all right. 
And like, it makes every moment that I have now worth all the bullshit I had to go through to get here because it prepared me to be here in this situation, in this room, in motherfucking kitchen studios with under a Coke's media production of one of the dopest podcasts with one of the dopest fucking audiences of 28 listeners in the motherfucking world, bro. Say it again. Yeah. Tell them about it, right? 28 listeners, bro. Amen. You see me the other day before I started this podcast, I had no listeners, bro. But you know the funny thing about it, we could have no listeners because we were having these conversations <laughs> with nobody else nobody around. Nobody else around. And we just said, man, you know what? Somebody else, uh, somebody might feel this shit. They might. And twenty eight people, they might need to. Yeah, they feel this shit. I'm a firm believer. You, we are each other's devils and angels, man. You just walking around, you don't even know when you're gonna be that. This I just is- try to be. The angel man there's some people in this life who probably think i'm a monster man there are some people on this planet that know i'm a monster but just because i i, I can go there I, there's no sense in it man because shh, i never feel good about it right it, it doesn't solve or resolve anything about how i feel about me but people can grow too so like something like i used to be wild back in the day i used to fight a lot and all kinds if of you shit get and it's the like opportunity to grow yeah some people lose their lives. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Keep on living. One mistake. Yeah. It's out of the game. It's a roll of the dice, man. Like, to, to to live where I live now and to be out of the hood and to be able to go back into the hood and see that, like, this used to be my surroundings. Jay, I watched you. I watched you decide what road you actually want to be on. Because that nigga, that shit could have went down <laughs> totally different. Yeah, it could have. You made those decisions and you made those just like Eric Tate. Eric Tate set himself up for that success. I'm proud of that dude. He's always had that magic though. Yes. Not just the magician shit. He's just always had that magic around him. He's got a great He's got that hood spot. He's He's a good person. That certain genetic wow. Yeah. He's a dope dude. That's why I had him on here. He's a man's man. Yeah, he's cool. And the thing about it is he's just a good person all around. Like, and I'm going to tell you this, me and Eric Tate haven't always got along. Like there was a time like we went back and forth and like we could have never spoken again. And the simple fact, the thing I like about Eric Tate is he's a person who can articulate what he's thinking. And he can also hear other people's articulated thoughts and we can have conversations yeah. like fucking adults. Cause he's an intelligent right. individual. Right. Yeah. I like that about him. I mean, Hey man, I don't, I, I can't recall ever having any brushes with him. Oh yeah, definitely. I got into it. There was a time when I first started comedy, like when I first came, started comedy, I came off the street. I was still hustling. So, like, when I came in, I was, like, partly in the street. I was trying to save my life. I was trying to do something different. And I was, right. like, I was, like, I, I, I was, I told jokes and I started telling them and, like, people were funny. I'm, like, man, I got to make it this way. I got to get on. Because everything else to me was looking bleak as fuck. That's that light. You saw the light. Yeah, bro. I chased it this way, bro. Yeah, and th- and that light led on to other lights. Yeah, and I still had some dark moments on this journey after that point. But the simple fact is, like, people came along in my life. Like, I like to tell people a lot. Dan Loper, he's a, he's a, he's my homeboy, and he's a part of the actual wolves. You tell like, me, but Dan, he fucking you, saved my life, bro. Like, he, I I literally can look at the people who like have had pivotal, like, interactions in my life, influences. Yeah, in in my life, and Dan Loper's one of those people, bro. When I need, when I was, I was down bad, bro. And Dan Loper looked out for me like nobody else. So like when we were talking about his parents and his family, I fuck with the whole Loper group, the whole, the whole clan, bro. And that's the thing, like people like that who come along. And that's what I feel like when you talk about, we're supposed to be each other's angels and devils. Like, I feel like we're standing along the road 
helping people make turns at necessary points. Sometimes you're not even aware of it. Not even aware of it. Like, so, so sometimes you can meet somebody who makes you, like, reevaluate your fucking life. That person might have been caring for you. That person is Tia for me. That person is his partner for him. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things that's just... Like, ah, I think it's important. And that's why I was like, when we were talking about Mars and like being by yourself, we're not meant to be by ourselves. Well, that's the thing to uh, get Mars started to where we can eventually populate it. Someone's got to pay the price. Somebody has to pay that price. But they got Skype though. But then it takes so long for messages to get back and forth. You know what I'm saying? And like the time they travel on earth is not relative. So like, I think like when they go into space, they age differently. It might've been some movie shit that I saw. There might be some truth to it, but the the to colonize Mars is going to be there. So a few people are going to have to pay the ultimate price up front to make that happen. They had a, uh, put a number on the days that the first few colonies would actually survive. And it wasn't a lot, but to actually get something started, they have to, somebody's got to go. Yeah. And that's, that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice, but life is a sacrifice. What are you going to sacrifice for? What are you willing to sacrifice for? I watched a movie. It was a lame-ass movie, but it made sense. It had one idea in it I saw. Like lifers, people that were in prison for life and they right. never getting out. Right. They put them on uh, spaceships for space uh, exploration. They ain't got to worry about coming back. Right, but who's like I, I get like the part of like why that would be cool. Like, because they would be like, you give them a chance to get out, be free, do something dope. Uh, do something important for humanity. Yeah. After you've apparently taken something from somebody. Cause, uh, I think, I think, I think you could find some lifers because the thing about it is if a, if a, if a guy goes to prison when he's 21 or 19 for life or something like that, or 25 or maybe 27, he does fucking 20 to 30 years. It don't take long for a man to change. 20 years is a long fucking time to like have someone in a box. I'm not saying it's not necessarily in some cases. I'm not saying that whole point that we should just take off the table. I'm just saying like you should reevaluate that shit because the well, man. That's, I, the, that's the thing. How did you use your time? Right, Twenty yeah. years ain't shit. If, if you, you're trying to attain a goal, now if you ain't doing shit and you're just sitting around fucking well, counting the days, yeah, twenty years is a long time. Yeah, but you got to think about like you got to think like twenty years. What am I? What do I turn thirties? I want to turn thirty-seven this year. I turn thirty. Fuck. I turn my kids are twenty. I know, bro. So, yeah. you know so, what I'm saying? so think about the man that you are now and they judged your life or the value of your life for the rest of your life off the man you were 20 years ago to the man you are today. It's two different dudes, bro. It's two different. It's two different beings. You, your life experiences have changed. You have cried. You have laughed. You have danced. You have seen the world and it has changed your perspective. Like, I, I feel like every time we, like, meet different people, it helps, like, modify our perspective because we're supposed to be able to take in new information and new experiences. You're supposed to be open to that. Yeah, the brain is supposed to be the first supercomputer. Right. But, see, some people, negative energy will keep you away from knowledge and it'll keep you away from the people you're supposed to be in contact with. And that's why I just try to stay humble as a mumble in the jungle, bro. Because in the grand scheme of things, I don't know shit. I just feel my way through this planet like everybody else. And if I think it's right, that's what I'm going with. And if I think it's wrong, I can't fuck with it. Listen, man. So I feel like you have got to, like, we, I think we were talking about this um, with um, Evil Rio. 
we're talking about like how you have you outgrow people and you move past people. Sometimes you just got to get away from negative people in your life and you know who they are. And you might think like, oh, that's my mama or all oh, that's my cousin or all oh, that's they, that's my family. That's my blood or we didn't been together for so long. That doesn't mean that person is supposed to meet. You could have been with that person for 20 fucking years. That doesn't mean they're supposed to be with you in year 21. Like it's just you just outgrow people. You can love people from a distance. That's OK to do. I feel like a lot of people time people get attached to the, the time that you've been around someone and not the quality of the relationship. Yeah. Well, when you've known people, like as far as being kids and you grew up with people, you have a rapport. Right. There's people that know me from junior high. I'm, hey, I, I'm still that person, but I, I think different because I understand. I, I used to just, every little battle, I, I got to win this one battle. You got to do that shit, man. Sometimes you just got to sit back and relax and watch that shit walk by. I can't say that I always did that because I was talking to my friend and he was telling me about some shit that I did, put a dude in the trash can. (laughs) Shit. And I I told him, yeah, I'm a little bit different now. He's like, man, you always had morals. Like you were really nice to him before you put him in that trash can. He (laughs) just didn't want to comply with what you was telling him because he was trying to put my other dude in the trash can. I was like, nah, bro, that shit ain't happening. And so you got to pick your battles, man, because some of them can cost you your life. And some of them are really, really pyrrhic victories. You ain't you're not gaining. Yeah, they're anything. not. They're not fucking worth you're it. just going through the motions and putting yourself in situations further down the line. You get into an altercation with somebody. It doesn't have you could have squashed it right there. Right. That doesn't mean they squashed it. They could see you. 20 years down the line and if they still got that some kind of way about it yeah they might do something too. like that's the thing I feel like uh, I forgot my fucking point what were you saying uh, I don't know I forgot it was something we were talking about doing stuff to people and then you squash the situation and then further down the line they didn't squash it and then they come back and get you that's why I, I ain't got time for that bullshit oh you were talking about like winning and losing battles that's what it was yeah, my, my thought was like period victories and I was like uh, like burning bridges like there's some people I don't fuck with like that anymore and that bridge is still there could I burn that bridge and say fuck you you did such and such to me and I don't fuck with you no more or is it just better for me to just walk away what do I win it depends on the bridge because some bridges you need to burn behind you like negative, negative very, people? Very negative people that you yes. know ain't okay, I get never going to do you right. And it's just negative energy. I know people like that that shh, they know. Since they even trying to talk to me, man. Yeah. I burnt that bridge. And I burnt those on purpose. But you don't just burn a bridge just because you're getting a... Because uh, it feels good at the moment? Yeah, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not one of those uh, spiteful yeah. people. I'm yeah. just going to burn some shit yeah. just to be burning it. Right. I've been wrong plenty of times, so I allow somebody, I empathize with them when they're wrong too. They might not think they're wrong, but hey, we can agree to disagree. And I can go my way and go play video games and get up in the morning, go do my job and come back home, take care of my family. And they can still do what they want to do. It's Just beautiful. It's been like being a grown ass man. Grown ass. Grown ass man. Well, grown ass man, Gilly, uh, what do you got going on this week? What, what, oh, what do you, we got coming Just up? Super work. Just busy at work, man. I don't know about comedy. Got show wise, show wise. I don't know. I don't. Got to ask Karen, man. People ask me, and I tell Karen, and then she keeps track of it because I have so many dates. Like I, I'm a contractor, so I'm always working with people's other schedules. So mine, I shit. 
Don't ask me, dog. I know I got something with Kelsey in West Virginia the 21st of uh, March. That's dope. Kelsey always does great shows. It's, uh, it's supposed to be a the after party. Video. The after, the after party. party. The after party beforehand. <laughs> Shout out to Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey. We're going to have her on this super, fucking show. Super dope. Yeah. The queen of Columbus comedy. Trey, too. Don't yeah, fuck that. yeah. Have, have them both right in here. There. Yeah, have them both you in here. You have to. If you have one, yeah. you don't have the others. Yeah, definitely. Something's missing, man. They're a good unit. Word. Man, I love Trey's mama's house. Well, as always, you got your uh, open mic on Tuesday nights. That's every Tuesday, man. Every yeah. Tuesday, I'm up at Bossy Girls from 8 to 10. You can sign up anytime, 7 on to 8. And if you didn't get in there in time to sign up, just stop by because sometimes might have a little room for you. And if you know how to talk and you're funny, you can get up. That's what's up. Uh, you can also find me at Gilly's show on Tuesdays. Uh, hey, man, most weeks. even if you're not funny, come out. If you just come out, you could probably get up, man. <laughs> uh, it's a terrific room. I like I like doing it. Like I like being able to work on my shit in your room. It's, it's always a good vibe in there. Um, so we've been talking for a while, so we're going to wind it down. I want to thank everybody for coming this week and listening to the show. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Eric Tate, uh, Mr. Magic Man himself for, uh, coming by the show. Please check him out. Uh, Penguin Magic is his thing. Um, uh, find him. He works for them and he's always doing a lot of stuff for them. Um, shadow box also is down there. Yes. Um, so I just appreciate it. Um, for those people who have been hanging with us, thank you for the 28 and thank you for the new listeners. Come back and see us next week. I'm Jay Cokes. And I'm Gilly.